And it says, they shall gather together. And that means gather at one place. There will be one gathering, one mighty bringing together of every one of God's elect, his chosen, his foreordained from every part of the globe. And so on that day, we will unite with our Australian brothers and sisters, with our Norwegian brothers and sisters, Russians, Chinese, Japanese, and wherever this gospel has gone and been received in the hearts of men. This will be the church visible. Thank you for joining with us on Let the Bible Speak. This is Ian Gallagher, and today we continue with our series on the second coming of the Lord Jesus. Yes, our blessed Lord is coming again. Just as surely as he fulfilled the prophecies of the Old Testament to come the first time, so he shall come again. The promise is that this same Jesus shall so come in like manner. Then we that are on the earth shall be caught up together with the Lord. And to just uh, strengthen our faith and encourage our hearts today, we're going to move to this message on when we all get to heaven. Sing the wondrous love of Jesus, sing his mercy and his grace. In the mansions bright and blessed, he'll prepare for us a place. When we, when all, we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we, when all, we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory, shout the victory. listening to Let the Bible Speak. This is Pastor Ian Gallagher, and we are looking at the second coming of our Lord Jesus today. The Bible passage we want to read is Matthew 24. We will begin at verse 29. Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light, and the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. 
and then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. And then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he shall send his angels with a sound of a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. Now learn a parable of the fig tree. When his branches yet tender, and putteth forth leaves, ye know that summer is nigh. So likewise, when ye shall see all these things, know that it is near, even at the very doors. Now here at Let the Bible Speak, we're just airing these messages from the Free Presbyterian Church in Cloverdale on the second coming of the Lord Jesus. And the subject of the rapture is so broad. You know, to, to different people, the word rapture means different things. Now, if it means is there going to be a gathering in the air, yes, we can all agree that there is going to be a, a bringing of the dead out of the graves, and those that are in Christ shall rise first, and then those that are alive, those Christians that are alive on the earth, will be gathered up to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. That's the hope and the promise, and I'm going to try and analyze a little further today this whole subject of the rapture, the gathering of the church, the people of God, unto the Lord on that day when the trumpet sounds. And I hope these messages will encourage your heart in these times to live for Christ, to rest all your hope in that glorious appearing of the Son of Man from heaven. And so I thank you for your interest, and I trust that you will stay tuned with us right through the program today as we let the Bible speak. Right, Matthew 24 and verse 31 is our text. And you do not have the word rapture in this text, but you do have the word gather. You do have the word gather. Matthew 24, verse 31. And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds. Now, the four winds means the four extremities of the earth, from every direction and to the farthest points of the earth. The Lord shall gather us from one end of heaven to the other. And it says, they shall gather together. And that means gather at one place. There will be one gathering, one mighty bringing together of every one of God's elect, his chosen, his foreordained from every part of the globe. And so on that day, we will unite with our Australian brothers and sisters, with our Norwegian brothers and sisters, Russians, Chinese, Japanese, and wherever this gospel has gone and been received in the hearts of men. This will be the church visible, the church gathered in its wonderful, most visible, triumphant form when the Lord shall come. Now, this is a cardinal doctrine of the church. This is the hope of Christianity. Christians are not going to remain in the graves. 
Christians are not going to remain scattered around the globe. There's going to be one church, one faith, one hope, one gathering, and there will be one eternal state of God's people. Now, this message is to be believed. It is to be preached, and it is to be prayed over. It's something that should fill our minds as we get on our knees. It should fill our hearts when we come together as a church to pray and to seek the Lord. Now, you have a couple of handouts tonight. Uh, at least you have one page with two sides and two aspects. I'll be referring to that a little later. Um, we have seven parts to this. Seven parts to this rapture, this gathering of the church at the coming of the Lord Jesus. The first thing I want to say that it's a real coming. Let's clear the, the ambiguity and the doubt of anyone's mind. It is a real coming. The promises that the Lord Jesus has given to us is, I will come again. And if the Lord is going to keep his word, if this Bible means anything at all to us, it will be a real coming. And it has a definite purpose. And the purpose is to fulfill redemption. This will be the day of redemption. Now, we think of Calvary as the day of redemption. And of course it was when our Lord Jesus paid the price of atonement and redeemed us with his own blood. That was a day of redemption. But the, the day, the particular day of the redeeming, the buying back, and presenting the church is going to be on the day that he returns. Now, Matthew 13, verse 39, you have the parable of the wheat and the tares. And I think you'll know that parable so well. How when the husbandman is told that there are tares growing in your field, what does he decide to do? He doesn't tell the laborers, well, go and pull them out. No, he says, leave them alone. Let tares grow together until the harvest. And then there will be reapers who will gather the tares and gather them from for burning, whereas the wheat will be gathered into the barn. Now, that's the, the world we're living in today. The wicked and the righteous side by side. And of course, the wicked think that there's no judgment. They're like the tares. They laugh off. They mock. They decry any idea that they're headed for judgment. And the wheat, well, they feel the poison and the pressure of the tares in the midst and wish it was otherwise. But there is a day coming, a day of harvesting. And in that parable, the Lord said that the angels are the reapers. And here we learn tonight that in this verse 31, that he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they will gather all the righteous all the redeemed into and onto the Lord. Now, you'll notice it's a real coming because back in verse 30, it talks about the Son of Man. They shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds. And let's kneel that home very fixedly. Is that a proper word, fixedly? For sure, for certain? Let's rivet it. Let's hammer it in. Let's take the kneel, bang it right in, and clench it on the other side. This is a real return of the Lord Jesus. And he's coming as the Son of Man. 
Now that leads me to the second point, which is it is a bodily coming, a personal bodily coming of the Lord Jesus. This reference to the Son of Man, it is described in the book of Daniel. It's described in the book of Mark. It is how Stephen, when he was being martyred and he looked up into heaven and he saw the Son of Man at God's right hand. Now, the Son of Man, it is that statement that gives our Lord his glorious title, but refers to him as a man in a body. And this bodily return of the Lord Jesus is the a cardinal doctrine of the gospel. Why is it so important? Why do we have to insist that our Lord Jesus is not just coming as a spirit? Because we believe that when he came the first time, when he came in humiliation in the manger, that he was born with a human body. And in that human body, he died on the cross. And in that human body, he ascended to be with the Father. And the disciples were told by the angels that this same Jesus shall so come in like manner, Acts 1.11. And so the bodily return of our Lord is vital because it's in his body that he's our mediator. A mediator has to be God and man. And if he's going to be your Savior to represent you before a holy God, he needs our nature. And when he comes again, to gather his church, he will come bodily as the mediator between God and men. And so we shall be gathered unto him in that glorious way. Now, this is also important if we go back to verse 23 of Matthew 24, where we are warned about false Christs. False Christs. Now, this was true in the first century, and it has been true right down the history of the church to this day. Men who come saying, I am Christ. Now, how do you distinguish between a true Christ and a false Christ? His body. How do you know the real Christ? By the nail prints in his hands. He is the man of Calvary. Glorified, exalted, but human. You will see the marks, the nail prints in his hands, his feet, and side. Now, these false Christs, they come and they try to deceive people with great signs and wonders. And we've had a number of them. We don't have to go far to think about them. And they call themselves apostles or the vicar of Christ or Christ on earth or Christ in the flesh. And they claim to do signs and wonders. Let me tell you, when the real Christ comes, he will have no convincing to do. And we will know him by his body. The other thing we notice in this passage is it will be a visible coming. So that's point number three. And if you're taking notes, I want you to get this. The first thing is it's a real coming, it's a bodily coming, and it is a visible coming. Now, we have seven points, so I want you to get them. I want you to note them. Seven characteristics of the coming of the Lord for his church. Real, bodily, visible. If you look at verse 27, you'll notice how visible this will be. As the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. You see, these false Christs were saying, look, he's going to the desert, he's there. 
Other says, go into the chamber, the secret place, and you'll find him there. But these are deceivers. The real Christ will come visibly. Every eye will behold him in his glorious coming. In verse 42, it says, Watch therefore, for ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. Your Lord. The same Lord Jesus as you worship every day and every Sunday, that same Lord Jesus, you will see him, your Lord. Now, in verse 30, I know I'm going back and forth here, but I'm just trying to be I gather the information. This is Bible study. I don't want to do it verse by verse because we would end up just being having a monologue on exactly what the Bible records and states, and you could probably do that alone. We're trying to categorize, put into little picture frames, and trying to gather together the big picture of how this event will come. My heart can sing when I pause to Thank you for joining with us here on Let the Bible Speak as we deal with the second coming of the Lord Jesus. This is such an involved message that we need all the time we can. We're going straight back to the pulpit now of our free Presbyterian church to let the Bible speak on the coming again of our glorious Redeemer. Come, visible. You'll notice in verse 30 that the Son of Man's coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. The word power is his might, his administrative authority and power. And then the glory that is there, great power and glory. This cannot happen secretly. This cannot happen without men noticing. It will be a very visible return. Now, that power and glory is described in the book of Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, and verse 7 through 9. You turn there with me, 2 Thessalonians 2, 7 through 9. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he now who letteth will let until he be taken away. And then... Uh, I think I've got a wrong verse here. I'm going to go back and change this to 2 Thessalonians 1, verse 7. 1, verse 7. Not, uh, yeah, that's, that's what I have in my notes too. I'm reading it wrongly. It should be 2 Thessalonians 1, verse 7. And to you who are troubled, rest with us when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. The word revealed is the word apocalypsis, or apocalypse. It is a word that describes the mighty global impact of the Savior's coming. And so he will come to be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, 
taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to notice that there's a double impact of the Lord's return, that as he comes to gather his church, and I allow you to use the word rapture for that, this gathering, this catching up into the air and meeting the Lord in the air. If that's a rapture, I'll call it a rapture. I have no trouble with the word rapture. But I want you to notice that in the same event, the same power and glory of his coming, while it is the gathering of the saints and it will be the glorification of the saints, it will be immediate destruction to the wicked. Now just take note of that. I won't drive that nail any further for a little bit. But I want you to note this. His, his, his coming is visible. He will be evident in his power and his glory to gather his saints, but also to destroy, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power verse 8, and then verse 9, when he shall come to be glorified in his saints. Two results of one event, the glorifying of the saints and the destruction of the wicked. Now, that will become important as we go to a later point. The power and glory of his coming is also described in Revelation 6, where the kings and the great men and the mighty men, and they call upon the rocks to hide them from the face of the wrath of the Lamb. That will be his mighty power. So there's no way that this could be secretive or unnoticed. We, of course, will behold his glory, and we will be gathered with him in a new glorified state instantly at the sound of the trumpet, at the return of the Lord, as the lightning from the east to the west, the angels gather the elect from the four corners of the earth, there will be that glorification of every one of the elect of God or the people of God. Now, I don't want to miss that day. I don't want to be underground in some mine I don't want to be deep water diving. I don't want to be in a submarine. I don't want to be doing anything that would cause me to miss that day. But don't worry, deep sea diving will not cause you to miss that. The angels will know where to get you. And you're not going to be hidden. You're not going to lose out. Even you're in Walmart uh, in the lowest uh, bin trying to find the best bargain. The angels will find his redeemed, the Lord redeemed and you will be gathered with the Lord. So it will be a visible coming. The next thing to note in Matthew 24 and verse 31, it is going to be an audible coming. It will be audible. Verse 31. He shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together. Now this is one of the anomalies of the second coming of the Lord. He will come as a thief in the night, but he'll come with a trumpet the sound of a trumpet. Now, it's not the normal uh, instrument of a thief. A thief doesn't normally blow a trumpet. But in this event of the Lord coming, he's going to come suddenly, but it's going to be audible to all. The great sound of a trumpet. And the word is really megaphone. 
That's what it is in the Greek, a megaphone. And we are going to hear that wonderful coming of the Lord announced. Now, it's the last trump. We know that from 1 Corinthians 15. Paul talks about the last trump. And I want to read to you what Albert Barnes said about this last trump. It's just a little angle that, that might be important. At the last trump, when the trumpet shall sound to raise the dead, the word last here does not imply that any trumpet shall be, have been before sounded at the resurrection. So don't think that there's going to be a series of trumpet calls, because that would give it away, wouldn't it? That would give it away. There can only be one trump to sound if the Lord is coming unexpectedly as a thief in the night. But the fact that the Spirit of God told Paul to write the last trump, it means that it's the only one. It's the only one. There's going to be no pre-warnings. There's going to be no series of events. This is going to happen instantly. And it's going to be audible. John wrote in chapter 5 that the deaf, dead, and the grave will hear, and those graves will open. And that's going to be the call. Even to the dead will hear. So it's going to be audible. It's visible. It's audible. So let's not think that this is going to be a secretive event. Now, I point that out because it has been the position of many that the Lord is going to come firstly for his church and snatch them out of this world secretly and for a period of time, maybe three and a half years or seven years, this world is going to function with no Christians. And Christian pilots and aircraft are going to just be caught away into the air. But this world is going to continue on for three and a half or seven years. Christian train drivers are going to be snatched out of their seats to meet the Lord, but the world continues on. On the highways and the freeways, Christians are going to be taken out of their cars, but the world goes on. And, and there is this projection that the Lord's coming is going to come secretly in the sense that when the trumpet sounds and Christians are caught up in the air, that the world goes on. Let's see if that's possible. As we build the, the pieces to this jigsaw puzzle of the Lord's coming. The next point is number five will be it's a single coming. And for that, I want to turn to this handout sheet that we give out tonight. And uh, I want you to notice on the side where we have the text for Matthew 24. And uh, I have tried to point out a number of these characteristics uh, as they appear. But I want to turn you to singular. You'll see the word singular on the right-hand margin. And in verse 36, uh, But of that day and hour knoweth no man, know not the angels of heaven. Day, hour. Then on down in verse 42, What's therefore, for ye know not what hour your Lord hath come. And again in verse 44, in such an hour. And again in verse 50, the Lord of that servant shall come in a day. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. Thank you for joining us on the program today. As we give thanks to the Lord this Thanksgiving season, I want to thank you for your faithful listening to this program and for those who have supported with their gifts. 
It's timely to consider supporting this program with a Thanksgiving gift. We are presently airing these programs on 10 stations right across Canada. Some are on Sunday mornings and others are Monday to Friday. From time to time, we remind you as our listeners that if you are blessed through these programs, please consider helping us with the cost of airtime to get the gospel out to you and throughout much of Canada. You can check out our donation button on our church website, ltbs.ca. For all the information on how to donate by e-transfer, PayPal, or by mail-in check, go to ltbs.ca. The mailing address is LTBS 18790, 58th Avenue, Surrey, B.C., V3S 1M6. Thank you for your support, large or small. May the Lord bless you and keep you in His care, and above all, save souls through the gospel of His Son, as we preach it on these airwaves each week. For information or pastoral help, go to our website, ltbs.ca, or just give me a call at 604-897-2040. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. Have a blessed Thanksgiving week.